Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. Today, we're going to be breaking down the heartbreaking 38-28 to loss at home against Vanderbilt. It was a wild afternoon. The guys definitely left it all out there today. I mean, it was a wild game, like a lot of different momentum shifts, a couple fourth downs that didn't go our way. And at the end of it, we, we end up on the wrong side of this one. We lose this one 38 to 28, but a couple things first and right out of the gates. The first thing that was said when the coaches went, when coach Hammock and the players walked into the press conference was, is coach Hammock took full responsibility for today's loss I, he said it to all of us in the media, and he said that that's what he said to the team as well. So you tip your cap and you respect that from the leader of these, you know, these young men. And we're on to Kentucky in, in a way. But I'm proud of the way that even after losing our quarterback and Rocky Lombardi, who's a key part in the offense in every which way, Ethan Hampton stepped up and he started the game. I want to say it was either seven for seven or eight for eight. And to be honest, like, all the way up until the third quarter between Rocky and Ethan, neither of them had an incomplete pass. So it was a quality start in the passing game. Ontario looked great. Harrison Way Lee looked great. But uh, it was just one of those weird games. It all kind of came falling down, I guess you will, in the third quarter. So Jordan Gandy on, on like a third and six, he slipped and fell. But he made one of the greatest plays I've seen in my time covering this team. He was able to pick himself back up and in like almost in two swift movements was able to peanut punch the ball out of the Vanderbilt players arms and CJ Brown was off to the races. Now that play did get called back for, I want to say either holding or an illegal blindside block. So we end up having to start with our, our possession on our side of the field. And it was like a three and out situation, but coach Hammock went for it on that fourth down. And we got the fourth down. It was a fake punt. It was beautiful. It was matching in September. Like, I I was losing it in the press box. Like, I couldn't believe, you know, the stones on him to call that play in that spot. We got it. But it got called back, so we end up punting. We actually had to punt that time. And, yeah, after that, it all went downhill. And then you get to later in the game when we go for it on fourth and three on our own 30 while we're still up seven. And then they scored a touchdown on the next play, and we were really never never able to bounce back from that. It's frustrating because you want to be able to win these games. The last two weeks, you look at such winnable games. You you lose by three on the road to Tulsa, and you have a, an SEC team down by 14 in the middle of the third quarter, right where you want them. And Husky Stadium was roaring. I have never in my time going to games at Husky Stadium seen it like that. There was a lot of people there, and – as the game kind of started to slip away, you could hear displeasure in the fans and then the Vandy fans started to get louder. But, you know, the the fans that were in the stands today caused quite a few false starts or offsides, if you will. Like, it was loud. It was rowdy. It was a hot day out there, too. So it was all you want in, in Saturday football settings in September in DeKalb. Like, usually – we're waking up on Saturday, like, what's going to kill us? Is it going to be the rain, the snow, or the wind? Like, we're going to get affected one way or another. But today, perfect weather game. Saw a lot of families, a lot of just 
different people. I saw the rat dog today. Like it was, it seemed like the type of day where we could pull off that big junkyard type upset. Jordan Lynch was in the house, the whole 2013 orange bowl team. Like it, it really, I feel bad for the team and for, for coach and all of them involved that they weren't able to pull this off because I mean, could you imagine the vibes in this town today? If we were able to get this win against an SEC opponent in front of that many fans, like I could only imagine fatties would be packed to the brim mollies for, you know, for our students and the people younger, a little bit younger than our crowd that goes to fatties. But I just, it felt different. And I, I was running late today. That was on me. I had a memorial service that I had to go to earlier. And, you know, my guy wasn't a, an NIU fan by any stretch, but he, you know, he would have wanted me to go to the game and he would have wanted the Huskies to win. And that's just not what we did. It was unfortunate. And I think the worst part about it is we're going into Kentucky next week. Like we're going down to Lexington to play Kentucky who just beat Florida at the swamp last week and has been looking really good this season. Their quarterback, Will Levis is a quality player and, I mean, the way we were like, we weren't even going up against Mike Wright today. That's the thing that kind of messed me up is I had prepared the whole time that we were going to play against Mike Wright and, and Swain did his thing. I mean, he, he, he didn't have great numbers. I can go ahead and pull him up because the quarterback numbers is something that I will elaborate on further, but yeah, uh, Swan had 18 to 28, 255 four. Okay. So yeah, he had four touchdowns. He was dropping bombs over Baghdad. Okay. I guess. I guess I kind of stopped looking once the score started going in the wrong direction. But, yeah, I still see maybe eight or nine wins for this NIU team. And, and the beautiful part about the last two weeks is that neither of those weeks are in conference play. So you lose no no spot in the MAC. And to be honest, the rest of the MAC has not looked that good. I think the greatest thing in our defense at this point is that in the two games that we've lost – we have looked good. It's just we have not been able to close. And I think the difference right now between this year's team and last year's team is that last year's team was able to close those games out. I think you got to be able to execute. And that's what it ultimately comes down to. I think if you can execute in those fourth downs and you can execute in those third down situations to prevent fourth downs, we're not even having this conversation right now. And it's unfortunate because, I mean, you're up two touchdowns. I mean, the stadium was literally rocking. And you just lost control of the game. And then, too, it was tough in a sense because you bring in Ethan. Ethan's only playing his second game in college football. And I think Coach Hammock, you know, he really – he stated it perfectly in the press conference after the game. He said, when you bring your backup quarterback in the game, you need everyone around him to play better, right? So we – you know, not to call anybody out because I, I don't have anyone in mind specifically, but just to say, like – you know, you got your backup, and this is a 19-year-old kid. A year and a half ago, he was playing high school football. You got to go out there and make that catcher. You got to go out there and make that extra block or get those extra couple yards to try and help him out. And then, two on the defensive side of the ball, when it rains, it pours. It felt like the defense was so close, had so many opportunities, was right there. The one play that that's, like, right in the back of my head right now is, is the Ray Thomas sack or almost sack. He was, like – literally like a centimeter away from getting his hands on Swan's jersey and being able to pull him down. Somehow Swan spins out of it. And then before you know it, it's a touchdown for Vanderbilt. And it's like football, as cliche as it sounds, I feel like Al Pacino and uh, any given Sunday, it's a game of inches, right? And 
the inches and the details were not there today. And it's unfortunate because, you know, now we're staring at one and three in the barrel or down the barrel, unless we can somehow find a way to win a football game against Kentucky. And it shouldn't be that way. There's, there's an opportunity for us to be three and oh, and there's chances that we can be two and two. You could, you could look at it any which way. What I'm not going to do is one. I'm definitely not going to lose hope. I'm definitely not going to get down on this team. I know I'm a very bipolar tweeter, but that's because I get into the, the heat of battle. I feel like I'm out there too, even though I haven't played in like five years, but I want to see them win just as much as, you know, the listeners and the fans doing just as much as the players. I mean, Last year when we had Coach Hammock on at the end of the season, you heard him talk about, you know, when I lose a game, it feels like I lost it twice because not only am I the head coach, but I'm a fan. I'm an alumni. I'm a player. So, you know, it hurts for them to lose these type of games. But there's no sense in sulking. There was a lot of positivity out there. I still saw a lot of great things from this team today. Casper Rukowitz is is a guy. He's a dude. He can can play football, man. And I I think the – the ability to attack the transfer portal over the last few seasons has been really key and will be key to our success, you know, looking down the stretch and the end of this season. But let's run through some stats. I kind of did my best to try and, and keep you guys updated as they were happening throughout the game. So, so we had 17 first downs, time of possession. We lost by 44 by a minute and 44 seconds, only five penalties, which is, it's not terrible. It's not great, but it's right there in the middle. But for NIU, so for our statistics, so you got to remember, I said Ethan was perfect. He still finished the day with a 142 QBR, only had seven incompletions, had an interception in the fourth quarter that was, I don't know, it was just kind of black. Like he had a guy open. He tried to get someone coming across the middle on the post and the safety made a good play. And it is what it is. But he had, a 70-yard touchdown pass on his first drive to Cole Tucker, and Cole Tucker made an incredible play with the ball in his hands. Like, he he was dipping, diving, ducking, and dodging like it was dodgeball. I mean, it was nuts. Like, you thought maybe they'll get him here. He came to the far sideline. Th- maybe they'll push him out, and then he cuts it all the way across the field and takes it to the house in front of the 2013 Orange Bowl team. So I thought that was a cool moment for him. But Rukowicz gets on the scoreboard, Cole Tucker twice, only the one interception, no fumbles. And then on the ground, the three-headed monster was actually only two-headed today. So we didn't really see much of Mason Blakemore. Only one carry for four yards. Ontario Brown, long of 51, but ended the day with 60 yards on eight carries. And then Whaley was the bell cow. Whaley had 17 carries, but only was able to get 52 yards. So it wasn't our our best performance on offense, but I feel like you know, if you get 28 points in a game against Vanderbilt, you should have opportunities to win that game. And Ethan put his best foot forward today. He, like I said, started the game perfect. He made plays when he needed to. And and to be honest, like, we didn't really call a lot of plays down the field, so you can really only work with what you got. And at the very least, like, I feel a lot more comfortable going into Kentucky next week with him if Rocky's not able to go because we didn't really get – an update on Rocky. I saw him walking out of the facility with his knee wrapped. So I would assume it's a knee injury, but going into Kentucky, I feel a lot better having those live reps for him. If Rocky's not able to go and he has to go, because that's going to be a hostile environment, especially for only your second start at the college level. Like 
Kentucky's a great place to go to a football game. I say that like I've been there, but I've not, I've watched a lot on TV. Okay. You always see the, you know, the blue and yellow or the blue and white checkered uh, flags and the end zones. And it's just different in the SEC. And I think the one thing that the team can definitely be positive about today is that they definitely match the physicality. They match the intensity. They were in this game for 55 minutes and it all really fell apart there at the end in the last five. And yeah, it's not a win. Yeah, we're not a moral victory podcast. And they're not a moral victory team, but it wasn't like the worst game. It could it could have been a lot worse, you know. So offensively, I think if they can clean some things up, some of the penalties, especially those those penalties on fourth down, I think that we'll be able to have a better performance next week. But it's going to have to be our take the air out of the ball performance because you don't want to give Kentucky extra possessions in that game. So it'll be interesting. We'll get into that stuff next week, but offensively you really like what you're seeing from the receivers in the absence of Trayvon Rudolph, because we really didn't know what we were going to see from them. Rukowitz has been a nice addition. Messiah Travis had a Madden level hit stick on special teams. He had a nice grab as well. Shamar wasn't as involved today, but he had five catches for 37 yards. So still a decent day. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, let's talk about the growth of C.J. Brown. C.J. Brown is a guy last year that stepped in for Devin Lafayette. And now he is the starter, and I, I don't anticipate he's giving that job back anytime soon. He finishes the day with 13 total tackles. Kyle Pugh finishes the day with 12 total tackles. Uh, and then Rainier, first game under 10 this season, but still had seven. And then Javon Bird had seven tackles as well. So – Jesus, it was, it was lucky sevens. It's like they hit the slots. Lewis Fry had seven as well. So a little bit of everybody getting involved. What I would have liked to see more of was more pressure on the quarterback and then and, and, and a couple more sacks or even a sack because all we had was QB hits and tackles for loss. The Ray Thomas one would have been big, especially at that moment of the game. If they were able to get the sack right there, like it would have been – a totally different outcome at the time, but they weren't they ended up in the end zone and you got to live to fight another day. And, and that's the thing that another thing that I guess you can, you can be positive about in this performance is that there's never any quit in this team. Even when we were down at the end of the game, we're down 10, we get the ball back right before the Ethan Hampton interception. I'm like, look, a lot of game left. It's, just, it's matching. Crazier stuff has happened in college football. I was watching the end of the Syracuse game. They get a touchdown in 52 seconds. Crazier stuff has happened. We still had two of our timeouts, and all you need is a touchdown, a stop, and a field goal. But then we threw the interception, and the rest took care of itself. And it's frustrating. I think the team's got to be, you know, they got to be mad at themselves for not, you know, making the extra plays that needed to be made to, to put this game away, especially we could put this game away early if we really, really wanted to, but it wasn't in the cards for us today on the offense, on the offensive side of the ball going into next week. I think, like I said, if it's, if it's a no Rocky week, we got to prepare the passing game to where we can attack down the field, because that's the one thing that even though our quarterbacks combined for, well over or not well over but a little over 200 yards and three touchdowns today a lot of that was yards after the catch and guys like tucker mccray thornton and rukowitz making something happen in space 
if you don't get those additions from those guys, we're not getting as many yards today and probably not as many points. So I think something that needs to be a point of emphasis next week in practice is, you know, let's tack down the field in practice. Let's try and get Ethan Hampton comfortable with throwing the deep ball and throwing the post routes and all that stuff. Because a lot of what we saw today was stuff to the flats, stuff short and over the middle. They were giving us the out route like it was nobody's business, and Ethan and Rocky were both taking advantage of it. And that's that's honestly how Ethan got on a little roll. They just The corners were playing off, and they kept giving him seven to eight yards right off the line of scrimmage. And if you're going to give him seven to eight yards right off the line of scrimmage, we're going to take those out routes every day. So I thought it was it was great to see him at least get out there and get his feet wet uh, because at the end of the day, too, this is Rocky's last year as our quarterback. So we're going to have to find out, you know, what Ethan Hampton's about, what Dustin Fletcher's about, what Jeff Lomax is about, because those quarterbacks are, you know, one of those guys, if not a few of them, are the future of our program, depending on, you know, who's got remaining eligibility and all that stuff. But other stuff from the press conference that was said uh, it was Jordan Gandy, it was Ethan Hampton, and it was Coach Hammock. Uh, Ethan, in regards to his performance, obviously, uh, he, he thought he did well with some things, but he also acknowledged that he could have done better. So I think, especially with the pressure of losing three consecutive games, like he's going to prepare like no other for this week. And one thing that he talked about as well in the press conference was, as the backup quarterback, you have to prepare like the starter. And in order to prepare like the starter, it's it's probably better to be the starter, and, and now he is the starter. So, well, I don't know why I said that. He may be the starter. He may not. I I personally don't see Hammock playing Rocky if Rocky is not absolutely 100% because we have conference play after that, and that's ultimately what the most important thing is. But if Ethan is the quarterback next week, we got to rally behind him. And like Coach Hammock said, you got to get players to – play a little bit above their level on the defensive side of the ball. It starts up front. It starts with the pressure. It starts with being able to get home on, on those pressures. And we weren't. And then the secondary, I honestly think they had their time. They had their times. They had, you know, quite a few good plays and quite a few negative plays. Hopefully that stuff gets worked out in the film room, but as a unit, we have to get better before conference play because we can't go into match and giving up like 28, 31, 35 points a game. We have to find a way to tighten up on defense. Offensively, I trust whatever ends up happening, regardless of who's playing quarterback, like we just need to stay out of third downs and stop going for it on fourth downs on our side of the field. That I'll be as happy as possible with that um it's frustrating because you could really feel the the energy get sucked out of the team and the stadium when those fourth downs weren't converted so we'll see what happens i know coach amex an aggressive play caller and an aggressive coach and i guess going into a game like next week you kind of have to be and even this game you kind of have to be aggressive to win because we weren't really getting the stops necessary in the second half for my players of the game on the offensive side of the ball, I am going to go with 
How about let's give Ethan Hackey a shout? Let's, I, you know, I know I came into this game talking about how Rocky was going to be able to have that type of game. And if you take the two quarterbacks numbers combined between the both, they both had over 140 QBRs. Rockies was 241. He finished with a seven for seven perfect game and 79 yards. And then you get, you know, the relief pitcher, you get Hampton in there, 12 and 19, two touchdowns and a pick. And the pick was kind of wishy-washy. Like, you kind of had to throw the ball down the field. Defender made a good play on it. It is what it is. It'll be a learning experience for the young quarterback. Cole Tucker, though, uh, in the receiver room, has been – like, I'm I'm grateful he came back for another year. I Without without Trayvon Rudolph and without Tucker, who knows what this receiver room would be. But offensively, like I said, I'll give it to uh, to Ethan Hampton for stepping up in a big spot. And even though he didn't get the win, like he put his best foot forward and did just about damn near everything he could have to get this team a victory. On the defensive side of the ball, I think I got to go C.J. Brown again. I know he didn't get the turnover. I know uh, the defense kind of got torched this, this afternoon, but 13 tackles. Last line of defense, I've said it before, I'll say it again, you never want your safeties or your corners to have 10-plus tackles, but CJ answered the call when that got, you know, when it came to the players getting to the third level of the defense, he was there. And hopefully he can use that for next week against Kentucky. No special teams player of the game, didn't kick any field goals. Tom Foley did not really punt enough for there to be a special teams player of the game in my eyes, and we didn't really – get that many returns or, or meaningful returns, if you will. So we'll hold off on special teams player of the game. A look ahead to next week, uh, Tuesday, I finally, for the first time in three weeks, opened up my work availability so that I can go to the press conference. So we'll have a couple more player interviews this week. I don't know who it will be yet. Um, maybe I'll, I'll tease it on Monday at the live show, but you got to come if you want to know. And we'll be at Fatty's on Monday at 6.45. Uh, from 6.45 to 7.30, it's going to be me, Pete, and Igra. And I have not talked to Rocky, uh, first and foremost, to see how he is. And then, obviously, to see if he wants to do the show on Monday. Because if he's not uh, up for it, especially after getting injured this weekend, I totally understand. But I do know Pete and Igra will be joining us on Monday. So, no matter what, we will be there, and we hope that you will come and join us. And then, two, we will be back with a preview of Kentucky uh, early next week. I'd say Tuesday or Wednesday, and we'll be joined by a couple of other fellow Huskies. But with that being said, this was Huskies on Tap, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. We'll be back with you guys Monday night live from Fatty's, and then we'll be back with you guys again Tuesday afternoon to get you guys ready for the matchup against Kentucky. NIU drops this one 38-28 at home against Vanderbilt. It was an ugly one. Saw some good, saw some bad, saw a little bit of ugly, but we are on to Kentucky. Like I said, we'll be back with you guys on Monday. This was fat, or this was uh, Huskies on Tap, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDon300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. Thank you for joining us, whether 
It was on Apple, Spotify. If you jumped into Twitter spaces, I'm trying to experiment with new things this year for the show. And last year, they didn't give us the option to do spaces from the uh, account. So this year, if they're going to give us the opportunity, we'll try to go live after every single game. But we really do appreciate you for joining us. We'll be back to you guys next week. And go us. Yeah. I got drinks on living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks on living lavish in the Bye. kitchen whipping magic. We got London on the track I ain't asked now for nothing I took the heart away Toya put me over, coming with it the, They took my heart away Heart away Heart away Heart away Jumping in hard